I'm Andrea Zabo and you're listening to an Elephant Shoe podcast. Now, our mind is a complex creature, if you like. Is it made up of just a blob of jelly with some blood vessels going through it? Influence from our soul? Is it just a cognitive science or what is it? What is the mind? Well, we could go into a whole year of podcasts about that. What I'm really hoping to express today through this Elephant Shoe podcast is to really bring to your attention that how you think is what is actually creating your world. The thoughts that the mind creates is what's creating your world. Now, I know that sounds quite simplistic, but it's really important to understand that this computer that we could call a brain, it needs updating, it needs new software, it needs new operating systems. And if we just ignore it and just go along with our everyday and yes, okay, maybe eat some good nutritious food, which helps the brain, but don't actually consciously say, you know what, I possibly could rectify things in my life if I thought a little bit differently. But boy, changing those thoughts can be challenging. Now, I'd imagine if you could put in your mind what it looks like to see an iceberg, we only see that tip out of the water, the tip of the iceberg out of the water. Underneath the water is maybe two or three or four times deeper than what we see above. And it's in that depth, which is where our mind really operates from. What we're seeing above is what we think, quite rational, who, what, why, where, when. The under the waterline of that iceberg is where the memories are stored, the emotions, imagination, creativities. And then even deeper in the unconscious mind, as deep down as you can go, is like the automatic bodily functions. We don't consciously go, well, I better um, produce a bit of gas there or I better do this or I better take a breath. Or That's all unconscious. So what I'm talking about is bringing our awareness to our consciousness, which is that bit above the water, that iceberg that you see outside of the water. We give that not much credit. You know, we just go along in our everyday, who, what, why, did did they give me enough change at the shop? Do I need to pick up milk on the way? Did I do this? Did I do that? So that's just that really conscious thinking. And when you start looking at the conscious thinking, And you can start to see how it's creating your world. Because thoughts become actions, which become things. You have a thought, then you do something to make it happen, and then there is a result. Okay, maybe I'm going to bake a cake. It's a thought. Oh, yes, someone's coming tomorrow and I want to bake a cake. Well, I better get everything out of the uh, pantry. Uh, Might have to go to the shop and then I'm going to make the cake. But the thought is what created the action, which created the thing. So giving credit to our thoughts is really important. That's how we create our reality. And so if we perceive the world around us based on our own experiences and the information that's stored under that iceberg in our brains from our past experiences, that's what's influencing our conscious choices right now. So basically our reality is an interpretation of the world based on the way our brains have wired because of our past. So we think the way we think basically because of our past. 
And then we behave the way we behave because of our past. And it goes through our life like that. And it's a reflection of where we're at. So let's just assume we want to bring better experiences to our now. Taking a little bit more interest in how you're thinking really helps move forward. So just not leaving everything to chance. So how do these influences come into our subconscious below that waterline on the iceberg? How does it come in? Well, taste, touch, smell, sound, sight, all the senses. So you know how sometimes you might meet someone and you smell their aftershave or something and it, and it brings back a memory or it triggers something in you that might be unpleasant. That's the way that smell had been filed from a previous experience in the past. It mightn't be accurate, but your memory of that smell is triggering something from there. Hmm, I think I'm getting too in-depth here. I think I might pull back a little bit and just get down to the basics. If you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. However you're going to be thinking is how is actually going to be influencing you. So how do you think? Do you think positively? Do you think negatively? Do you think always the worst or always the best? What way do you think, based on your perceptions and beliefs from the past, is influencing your life? The mind's got two voices. You've got the higher voice, you know, the voice that wants love and peace and harmony and all those lovely things. And then you've got the lower voice or the lower self, if you like, which is part of that programming, which is the beliefs, the perceptions, the concepts, how you think is influenced by those. And if you're being influenced by your lower self without consciously looking at that iceberg above before it comes out into the world, you're not giving yourself the best chance. So you don't want to be guided by your circumstances. You want to manage the conversations in your mind. You want to take control, begin reprogramming to align that mind into a natural state of harmony, prosperity, or whatever's going to work for you. So you want to create your world. There's a beautiful saying, thoughts are like seeds. Are you planting flowers or are you planting weeds? Having control over your thoughts is a discipline, but it's a necessary discipline if you want to achieve success, if you want to move forward, if you want to give yourself the best chance at being where you want to be. So I can only encourage you to question how are you thinking? Is it negative thoughts that are building unhelpful pathways or is it positive thoughts building positive pathways leading to a more positive state of being? Now, the only reason this is terribly passionate for me is bringing my history into it, which I will do. And that comes to the time when I had a business, I was doing extremely well, got a contract to go and perform as a singer for a two-month residency at Ayers Rock, which was wonderful, but they didn't have anything there. There was before internet, it was 97. They had only books. 
All they had in the library was what they had and I asked them to get some books in for me. So I was reading every single conceivable book you could read on positive ways of doing things. Okay, you can do it. You know, all the Anthony Robbins stuff, all the books that were coming out at the time that were popular on achievement and success and how to do it and all that sort of thing. So my mind had actually been saturated for two months with all this input and information on being able to take control of your thoughts, choosing what you want to believe, what you don't want to believe, seeing what might be right or what might be wrong, just opening up to questioning things. Consequently, when I finished the contract and ended up in Sydney and ended up in emergency brain surgery, when I opened my eyes after the surgery, because it all happened quite quickly, I was still in that state of mindset where... I wanted to acknowledge that I have some influence over my life. So I had the doctors, I had teams of doctors flying in because it's a very rare condition I have. And they were flying in and they were telling me this prognosis, which was tremendously dire at the time. And you better get a house with ramps. And this is 25 years ago. All this information they were giving me. However, because I was predisposed to choosing what was coming in and what to believe, I kept on going, okay, well, guys, this is an absolute possibility. I've just had the surgery. They've taken my skull away to relieve the pressure off my brain, blah, blah, blah. And yes, you might think that is a future, but we don't know that yet because I'm right here and right now in this bed. And this is all we know, that I've had that And that's all we know. In doing that, I've been able to manage using that mental state of commitment and discipline, keeping myself out of the wheelchair. Now, I can't say it's 100% foolproof because there is karma involved. Maybe I need to be constantly in the chair. I don't know. However, what I do know is in those formative years, especially since the surgery, keeping that mindset positive keeping that mindset optimistic, keeping that mindset disciplined, controlled. And I don't mean control in a negative way. I mean control in just choosing the thoughts that I'm having, possibly overriding some negative thoughts, not denying, not in denial. I certainly went through grief and trauma and all the things you go through. But the underlying attitude that I had, which was an attitude of gratitude that I had all this information in my brain in the first place when that experience happened, that it allowed me to move forward in a more positive way. And with the mind-body connection, we were able to work together, the mind and the body. And so consequently, it's 25 years later, I'm apparently supposed to have passed 46 with this condition at this stage that I have. I'm 56, so I've outdone it by 10 years at least. And I'm going to continue to do it for the rest of my life. However long that is, we don't ever know. But I'm choosing to use my brain to work with my brain, using my thoughts to create positive experiences. So I'm hoping that you get a chance to use positive thoughts to create a more pleasurable experience while you're on the planet. It can be as simple as waking up in the morning and you're seeing the sunshine. This is going to be a fabulous day. Say that to yourself every morning. So have a lovely time till next time I speak to you. Take care. Love and light. Bye for now.